Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Central. How you doing? This is Dusty Rhodes and welcome to Tech Radio with all the latest in tech from around Ireland and across the world. Remember, there are so many ways of getting the show. You can download directly from our website at techcentral.ie. Use a smartphone podcast app. Uh, you can grab us on iTunes or turn us on the wireless every Friday on DAB Digital Radio with RTE Radio 1 Extra. This is our show for Friday the 1st of July and the holiday season is well and truly kicking in at this stage. So myself and Tech Central editor Niall Kitt have uh, been brainstorming and come up with some essential travel tips for tech. If you are uh, uh, thinking of heading away, we're going to cover cameras, connectivity, entertainment and more. But none of these things will work without what, Niall? Yeah, well, it, it all starts with a good power source, doesn't it? Um, and a reliable one and, and one that... Preferably, you know, there's nothing worse than being let down by a, by a gadget when you're when you're out, say, on the beach or you're on a nice walking tour and you want to use on your phone, say, you want you're using your camera a lot mm. um, and maybe you're posting to social media at the same time. But folks, let's just frame this in the sense that it, I'm not going away. This is dusty going away. <laughs> I'm still going to be sitting here in Dublin <laughs> wondering what to do with a holiday gadget and what, what a holiday gadget looks like. Well, um, you see, I, that's all, all the advice you see is based on good, solid experience. So listen, if you're sitting there uh, and you're on holidays and your phone is draining out of battery or your camera is draining out of battery, what are the options? Yeah, well, I, actually, I go about the place normally with two extra power bricks in my bag, believe it or not. Um, one of which doubles up as uh, it's, it's a power brick, but it also has eight gigs of storage on it so that's why i keep keep it around on me um because there there's you know times when you just don't want to store something in the cloud or your your doubt your connectivity is going to be there so i carry around um sort of a small little eight gig hard drive which doubles as a, a power supply and also i have a sandberg power brick and what sends that apart from the the other little power supply that i bring is that it holds on to its power a lot more um the the smaller one it actually goes dead after a while which is a bit strange um, maybe it has a habit of turning itself off in, in my bag or whatever. But the Sandberg actually has multiple inputs. So it's got two USB, two ports and a mini USB port. Ah, that's very, very handy. Do you know uh, what I have been using over the last year or two? And now I know it's very phone specific, but it's one of the reasons why I like the Samsung phones or obviously not the very, very latest ones. Um, but I use a Galaxy Note 4. I had a what was it I had before that? I think it was just a Galaxy 4. You, you had an S3. Uh, that's what it was. Yeah, it was an S3, S4, whatever. Anyway, the brilliant thing about all of those phones that I've found is that when I'm traveling, what we, we don't have the problem in Ireland of sunlight blocking your phone screen. All right. Whereas when you're away, you really have to run the screen at, at max uh, light. And of course, that drains the battery. And what I do is I carry around a spare battery. And the spare battery is the Samsung uh, cell come in a spare uh, plastic casing, which also doubles as the charger. So I always have a fully charged battery. And halfway through the day, if I'm running out of power, I just whip off the back of the phone, stick in the new battery and off I go for the remainder of the day. It's fantastic. Actually, do you know what I have that I, I think it's it, it's the sort of thing that you laugh at until you really need it. Mm. Do you know those little, um, it's a, it's a wind up battery. Have you seen those? Yes. <laughs> I actually have one of those. And, uh, do you know what? And one day, one day I'm actually going to need it for, for the moment. It is an object of ridicule, but, um, <laughs> 
Yeah, but one of these days, or one of these days, I won't have it because it has been an object of ridicule, and I'll go, if only I had my wind-up battery. Okay. But um, there you go. I own well, one, and I'm borderline proud of it. Grant, one of the things I've been doing for years, and people kind of, again, you know, snigger at me until they realise the sense in it, is I take, you know, just like an extension plug board with four or six sockets on it. Okay. I you're you're about to lose me, Dusty, but go on. Okay. I, I take one of those on holidays with me, and then I put the adapter on the end that goes into the wall. So instead wow. of having an Irish plug going into the wall and then having six out- power outlets, I just stick it into the EU adapter, the American adapter, or whatever it is, and stick that into the wall. And hey, presto, I've got six Irish plugs. That's, that's very dad logic right there. Dad logic. Dad logic. How dare you? (laughs) Listen, uh, let's get on with our our, uh, tech travel tips. And I suppose after power, the next most important thing then would be your mobile phone, really, wouldn't it? Now, you're the expert on this because you travel a lot more than I do outside of, Mm. you know, the the EU and that sort of thing. Like you've you've been to Canada recently and the Mm. States and and Australia and all that kind of thing. So how do how do you prepare for an effective trip? That First thing is, I, you on charges. I, I call Vodafone and I say, unlock my phone now. <laughs> okay. And they're usually pretty good at it. I've been a long time customer of there and, and I just say, look, how long have I been a customer? Anyway, I get my phone unlocked. All right. The important thing about that is it means that I can pick up a local SIM wherever I am traveling. And the reason I do this, twofold reasons why I do that is if I'm traveling with somebody else, uh, I'll get them a SIM and me a SIM because normally the local SIM will include unlimited calls and texts and stuff like that. So Mm. it means that the pair of you can then split and go off and do your thing and then you can just call each other when you want to meet up later on in the day. And then the other reason why I get a local SIM is if I'm working abroad in Canada or in the States, of course, you look like a complete muppet when you start giving people your Irish phone number because, oh, God, I'm not ringing that. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. when you have a local SIM and you have a local number, you give them your local number and then the people that you're dealing with in your surrounds will call you back. Um, if you're just going on holidays, the advantage of having a local SIM is that you will get a data package with that and it'll be way, 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 way cheaper than uh, what you would get with your roaming data with Vodafone. Well, that's that's oh. the killer. I mean, it's it's not really calls and texts anymore. It's all it's all about your data allowance, isn't it? Mm. Now, the EU has been happily standing in and sorting out the data and the phone calls and everything. And I had a quick run around uh, three and Meteor and Air and Vodafone today, and essentially they all seem to be doing roughly the same thing, right? Where you can sign up for a roaming package, which costs you maybe three quid a day in Europe or something like that. My advice to people is you don't need that anymore. Yeah, Since I thought the, Europe stepped in and sorted all that out. They did. And it's only come into effect in the last maybe four, five, six weeks. All right. Uh, with the e- new EU rates now, to receive a phone call will only cost you roughly one cent a minute when mm-hmm. you're roaming. And then to make a phone call is your domestic rate plus six cent. Right. Okay. So, but here's the thing. If you are on, like I am on one of those unlimited packages, it's 30 quid a month and I get unlimited phone calls and stuff like that. Well, it means then that I don't pay for phone calls in inverted commas, which means that when I'm roaming, I don't pay anything, only the extra six cent on top of my domestic rate. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? So the, the roaming rate is whatever you pay domestic here in Ireland plus six cent. So if you're on a ready to go tariff and you're paying, say, 40 cent per minute, you would pay 40 cent per minute as your domestic rate plus six cent for roaming. If you're on an unlimited package, well, then you're not paying anything specifically for phone calls. You will only pay the extra six cent because you're roaming. It's not bad. It's not bad. And it's, it's, you know, I, I've seen one of the major telcos run a very high profile ad campaign recently where they're making a virtue of, you know, good call costs in the EU. And I was watching the ad going, hang on, do, do they not have to do this by law anyway? Like, is mm. it just because this is this is a new thing that's come out come on? Are telcos starting to treat this like some sort of marketing genius, even though it's something they're forced to do? Yes, that's exactly what they're doing. And then, look, that's, that's, that's marketing, like, you know. Uh, the other thing with uh, text messages is, uh, of course, it's free to receive a text message, but uh, you will pay whatever your domestic rate is plus two cent to send a text message when you're roaming. So if you were to pay, say, 13 cent every time you pay, you send a text in Ireland, you would pay your 13 cent plus an extra two cent roaming charge. Uh, whereas if you're on an unlimited package and you send as many texts as you want for, at no extra cost, you would pay essentially nothing, just the two cent. Mm. So it's not bad. And the important thing with all of these is that, uh, oh, hang on, the data, sorry. The data, here's the important one because you're saying the data is the important thing. If you are on a 6 gig, 10 gig or unlimited data package or whatever it is here in Ireland, all right, you are not paying for that on a daily basis until you use up that uh, data allowance. Right. So when you are traveling, you can use your 2, 3, 6 gig data allowance that you have in Ireland plus 6 cents per megabyte for the roaming charge. Mm. So I think that's not bad. And what's even better about all of these charges, thanks to our lovely friends in the EU, is that these apply not only to calls home to Ireland, but also calls to within the EU, especially within the EU country. And I think it's Europe wide. So if you were in France, it would cost you the same amount of money to call Ireland as it would to cause call, I don't know, Poland or somewhere. Yes, we, we can thank thank Europe for the wonderful digital single market that they that they mm. are coming up with. This is this is all yeah. the, the dividends from it. You know, this is this. Yeah. If you're wondering anyway, about Brexit. Look at call costs. There you go. <laughs> there you go. My, so, so my sh- short advice would be, yes, they all have these packages of a three euro a day roaming charge or whatever. But actually look into what it is without the roaming package. And I think you'll find it's a heck of a lot cheaper. Also, if you're a Virgin Media customer, uh, uh, which I am, formerly UP, they've got this little app for your mobile phone where you can use your home landline on your mobile phone that's nice works abroad as well ah okay exactly so if you're on unlimited uh, mobile and unlimited landline calls in ireland and you take that app away to you uh wherever you are and once you connect to wi-fi you can make and receive calls as you normally would in ireland okay you still need wi-fi connection though but you still need wi-fi okay here's here's a, a, a paranoid question for you dusty do you have a travel phone or do you bring your regular phone? I actually bring my regular phone. Right. Because I, I used to have a travel phone, um, which is basically, you know, a phone that if it got lost or broken or whatever on holidays, mm. it really wouldn't bother me at all. Uh, because I, I know there's there's just the thing of going to a strange country. You're in unfamiliar surroundings. You know, you, you want a, a sense of, you know, if what's the worst that can happen to my stuff you know um so i used to have a travel phone and it was a samsung taco and i had just upgraded to uh, an iphone at the time and i did i didn't want to bring the iphone with me on holidays and i was going to the states so i went and wouldn't you know it 
Samsung Taco did not work with the US oh. networks. <laughs> so an important lesson to learn, if you, if you are bringing a phone to another country, just mm. make sure that the frequencies your phone can pick up are the same frequencies that they're broadcasting on in, uh, in wherever you are going. You have to be very careful of that. Also, uh, speaking of phones and travel phones, would you bring a travel laptop with you? Now, here's the here's the question, because most of what you can do on a laptop, you can do on a tablet, okay, or a tablet with a keyboard. I agree. So, I would have to break down my workload. I mean, looking at what I do 90% of the time, it's arguable that I could work entirely on a tablet. The only thing I would miss would be the mouse. That's it. Um, mm. So, would I travel with a full laptop? No. Would I travel with a Microsoft Surface, which is as expensive as a laptop? No. <laughs> no. No, you wouldn't travel wouldn't. with a Surface. No, I don't think so. If the whole point is to bring something that is, you know, that you don't care if it's stolen, yeah. I certainly wouldn't bring a Surface. Uh, I, I, do you know what I would get? I would get a Chromebook or something like that. And actually, do you know what? I wouldn't even go and buy a new Chromebook. I would go into, you know, the second-hand electronics stores in, oh, yeah. in town? Mm. I'd go into, into one of them and say, give me a Chromebook. I'm sure I could pick one up for 100 quid or something like that. I mean, if it gets stolen, it gets stolen. What, what do you need it for when you're away and allegedly on holidays? Okay, well, right, well. Bit of email, looking stuff up, you know. Okay, well. Well, Chromebook is one thing. Would you get like a... a this you, is Tech Central, with, your weekly um, tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. So, uh, cheap Android tablet with a keyboard? Uh, that's a... Yes, it would be one or the other. Mm. Yeah. One or the other, because usually when you're traveling, um, if you're not traveling for work, well, then, you know, you just want to watch a movie. You just want to look something up. You want to stay in touch with the email or Facebook. It, it's very, very light work. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it all depends where I was traveling. A tablet or a Chromebook. Yeah. That, that, they would be I my would two things. And I would probably bring my iPad with a keyboard. That would, that would be my, my go-to. Hmm. Listen, on your mobile phone... Hmm. Because we bring them everywhere. Uh, there are certain apps that you should have on your phone when you are traveling. What, what would you recommend? Oh, boy. Travel apps. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, there, there are things that you have with you anyway that maybe, you know, you should actually start paying attention to or get familiar with before going. Um, Google Maps, of course, make sure that your location services are enabled and that you mm-hmm. haven't set them to never like I have. <laughs> so when, whenever I'm trying to navigate using Google Maps, I'm, I'm doing the thing of moving the phone in which direction I think I'm going in. Um, so uh, just check whether your location services are on or off. Um, mm. So Google Maps is, of course, sen- essential. Um, Google Translate, you've probably used it, have you? Uh, I have actually, and a friend of mine in Spain put me onto something uh, with Google Translate, which I, I wasn't aware I can do. You can actually open up uh, uh, Google Translate and then point your phone camera at a piece of text in a foreign language, and Google Translate will literally on the screen of the phone translate that image into English. That's that's pretty nifty. 
That it, it's more than nifty. It's stunning. You know, like if you're uh, sitting uh, looking at a menu in a restaurant, you go, I don't know what any of this stuff is, and then you just scan it with your phone, and you and it it shows you what the menu is in English. It's unbelievable. Mm. And the other good thing I like about uh, that both of those Google uh, products, Translate and Maps, is that you're able to download stuff in advance of your trip. So on your Wi-Fi here in Ireland, you're able to download a French or, or a Spanish language pack or whatever it is, which means you can use Google Translate offline. And also with Google Maps, you're able to highlight a certain area and to say, OK, we'll store this on my phone and it'll store it on your phone for like whatever, 20 days or something like that without actually having to download extra information. Also, uh, with the Google Maps, I've been caught with it trying to triangulate or to get its actual location when you arrive in a new country because the phone seems to go, uh, where am I? Yeah. Where is, where's the nearest satellite? I found that if you turn on Wi-Fi and you turn on data, Make sure your data roaming is not is not enabled, but just turning on the data and just turning on the Wi-Fi, even though you're not connected to anything, and Google Maps finds out where it is, like, within seconds. It's unbelievable. Hmm. Okay. Well, one, one thing that I would suggest people download, even though they probably have it anyway, hmm. is to download um, the likes of Yelp and TripAdvisor. Um, Yelp, I, I think Yelp is, is like misery porn sometimes, you know, it's like whenever somebody says, let's eat here, you, you never actually, you know, there could be 500 good reviews. You're waiting on the one star review, aren't you? I have got a hope, a healthy attitude to reviews. I would expect some misery porn to be put in there, as you put it, but I would expect to, to see a lot of people going, this place is fantastic. And mm. you weigh up the balance of the opinions because I'm always very suspicious when a establishment has nothing but good reviews. Well, that's the interesting thing. Uh, one, one of my guilty pleasures is um, Kitchen Nightmares. Have you ever Have you ever seen Kitchen Nightmares? I have. Right. And uh, there are blogs that will, um, you know, update you as to, you know, what happened to these places. And uh, of course, you can always go check the reviews on Yelp. And you can always tell the ones that have have been sabotaged by the owners or the owner's friends because you have restaurants that you knew were appalling. You know, you you watched the evidence in front of you (laughs) and you will see that either the bad reviews have been minimized or um, they've been, you know, bumped to the top by more recent, more positive reviews uh, that are all written, you know, with with very much the same mm. voice, if you know what I mean. Uh, so that can be that can be fun to see. But um, yeah, they, these any sort of user generated reviews, yeah. they they come with caveats, you know. You need, you need so, to use a, li- a little bit of common sense. But where I've used uh, TripAdvisor with great success is when I'm in an unfamiliar city and I'll take out TripAdvisor and I'll say, what's that restaurant's near me now? Mm. And you can go through and you can see the reviews and you kind of get an idea of, of what's good. And within 10 minutes, you're walking into a restaurant and you're getting a, a relatively good meal. Thanks to TripAdvisor. So that's uh, my tip there. What about um, security from w- for, for when you're away? Okay, well, define security. Um, well, I suppose there's two things. Um, it's like kind of getting your kit stolen, which I suppose we've, we've talked about that with a laptop. But what about on the yeah. software side of things? Like, you know, because you'd be collecting to an awful lot of, um, public Wi-Fi networks or, you know, kind of what if, um, what if your passport gets stolen or credit card or something like that? What's your advice? Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, well, well, when I was thinking security, I, I was sort of half thinking, you know, managing to keep using your hardware the same way you use it at home, regardless mm. of measures that are in place in other countries, right? So if, you know, 
for for all our sins we are stuck with Netflix UK. Um how do we keep watching Netflix UK if we are going to I ah, think be be somewhere else. Yes, yes. Somewhere else where they have a different catalog and maybe a catalog that's not as good uh, or maybe they don't have the service at all. So I I know the EU are working on this as part of the digital single market that they they basically if they had their way there would be a thing called Netflix Europe and that's mm. it. Um but thanks to the distributors uh, of films at the moment, we, we still have this fragmented model. Um, so one way around that is to get a VPN app. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think TunnelBear is one of the more popular ones at the moment. Um, Spotflux is reasonably popular. Uh, there is a plugin for Google Chrome called Hala. Um, I, I'm not sure about it from a security perspective. Effectively, what it does is it, it throws open your bandwidth to be shared by other people. So I'm not Ooh. not a huge fan of it. Um, yeah. And yeah, if if you want to keep watching Netflix now, you know I'm not I'm not going to say there's nothing to stop you from saying you're from yeah. uh, you know the states if you're uh, if you want to watch a catalog from another country. Fair, fair enough. But, uh, yeah, but there is there is certain stuff that you can only use uh, if you are in Ireland. So having the VPN to, to be able to do that is fantastic. Do you know another very good use of VPN is if you are sitting in a cafe or a public area and you're on Wi-Fi, just using VPN helps your security by encoding what's going in and out of your laptop. Yeah, yeah. I would I would agree with that. Uh, okay, man. Dusty, here's, here's something for you, okay? Go on. Um, essential piece of kit when traveling. Uh, you see a lot of people walking around town and invariably there's a bit of me that goes, you have no idea how to use that, do you? What do you think I'm thinking of? I have no idea. <laughs> walking around town, tourists. Yes. Backpacks. Yeah, oh, no, we're talking tech. Camera. Ah, yes. selfie sticks. Selfie sticks. No, a very nice digital SLR camera. Very nice ah. digital SLR camera. You look at people with those and you think, that's that's set to auto. <laughs> it's a wonderful camera. And they're not it's, using it's it. It's set to auto on everything. How I don't know. You don't I think that. I, I would know. I, actually, I don't because I would imagine anybody who brings a DLSLR on uh, holidays with them does know what they're doing. Um, if I was going away, I, there's no way I'd bring my good digital camera with me, but I'd bring, you know, like one of the, like this little Sony cyber shots and one of those little snap cameras instead. Mm. Yeah. Or, I mean, you can't beat having uh, the phone. The cameras on the phones are so good these days. Just use that. Well, that's that's the thing. Like cameras on phones are so good. But do you really need for that one week trip? Do you do you really want to play around with your aperture and and you know no. with your foreground and your background focus? Do, exactly. Is is that really the time that you want to do it? Um, exactly. Fair enough if you think so. But um, if you must go fancy, I think your favorite gadget that we had a couple of years ago. Do you remember the um, Sony thing? It was like a, a lens that clipped onto anything you wanted. Ah, yes. Uh, it was kind of, it was, it, it was like a, it, it's a Sony camera and, but it's like just having the lens part of the camera and there's a little SD card that slides into it and you control it using, um, a Wi-Fi network, which it connects a, a Wi-Fi connection between yourself and your mobile phone and you're able to use it like that. Um, yeah, I don't know for holidays if I would use that. Do you know what I would recommend? Absolutely for holiday. And anybody who's going on a holiday that's going to involve swimming and swimming pools or beaches or anything like that is 
I, I wouldn't say go get a GoPro because unless you're really into that kind of stuff, don't don't invest that kind of much money. But there are lots of GoPro copies out there. There are that will allow you to take underwater pictures for the crack or whatever it happens to be, or when you're when you're down on the beach. And they're the kind of things you can throw around and use near water and not worry about them. I've seen them for like fifty, eighty, a hundred quid or something like that. Okay. Okay. Um, I definitely recommend getting it. Uh, the other thing I would say for um, uh, the selfie sticks is just put it in my head because I see people use it. I go, oh, my God. Do you know what's much better than a selfie stick? What? Is a tripod. I was recommending this to somebody the other day, and I just said the number one trick in photography or taking videos is keep the image still. Don't be moving it around. Yeah. Just get some kind of a tripod. And uh, I got one of those little uh, Joby Gorilla Pods. Yep. It's kind of like a, a tripod with flexible legs, and it's great. So you can use it like a tripod, or you can wrap it around handlebars of a bike or some uh, bench that's nearby or out of a light or something like that. Anything. Once it keeps the camera still and then you take your shot for whatever, 10, 15 seconds or a minute or whatever it is that you're going to do. I think they're brilliant. Well, can I add on an, an addendum to that? If, if you want to use your mobile phone as a camera, you can use a Joby um, GorillaPod very neatly with a little uh, gadget by Joby as well called the Griptite. Um, journalists mm. use them an awful lot when they're uh, on the move um, copying things using their uh, or covering things using um, mobile video. And it is basically what it sounds like. It is a grip that screws onto your um, tripod, uh, be it a Gorillapod or a full-size tripod or whatever, and your phone just snaps into it and it holds it steady. They're brilliant. Yes, fantastic. That, that, that would definitely be... Actually, do you know, I think almost out of everything that we've spoken about today... That would be my number one <laughs> recommendation. Just get a tripod or keep it still as much as 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 much as you can. I mean, there's a lot of packing in that. Yeah. <laughs> when you're heading off on your holidays, there's a lot to consider. And all we wanted to do, I did, like I, I keep seeing these articles every year uh, online. And every year it's like, oh, you should buy one of these or you should buy one of those. Or da, 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 you know, kind of I didn't want to be doing a whole recommendation about what you should buy. We're just kind of giving you the hints just about power. Bring a bring a USB power uh, block with you or a. A, a plug board an Irish plug board but just stick a, a, an adapter at the end of it with the phones check out with your operator uh, what it is they actually do charge if you're roaming and maybe get your phone unlocked use a local sim whatever happens to be there's a couple of good apps we recommended the Translate Maps and uh, TripAdvisor one uh, on your phone uh, get uh, VPN is a good thing to have and then uh, for your cameras and stuff like that absolutely use a tripod just a couple of tips more than recommending anything uh, in specific to buy. So listen, Niall, um, I think what we'll do is we'll wrap up the show there for this week. Mm-hmm. Wherever you're heading off, do enjoy your holidays. And remember, all across the summer, no matter where you are, Niall and myself will be here every single week and making sure that you get all the latest Irish tech news with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more directly from techcentral.ie as well as our weekly tech radio show online and every Friday at 6pm on DAB Digital Radio with RT Radio 1X. Talk to next week from myself, Dusty and from Niall. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.